coming to you from Nashville, Tennessee. This is the award-winning Parareality Radio. My name is Sandman, and I'm going to be your host for the next hour. Good evening, everyone, and thanks for tuning in. Well, of course, you know it's Friday, March 15th, 2019, and that means it's time for another episode of your favorite paranormal podcast, Parareality Radio. Well, this week, there's no Eric P. Because he is on vacation. Yes, he abandoned me and decided that vacation was more important than doing this podcast. Which I don't blame him. And vacation is really important. So uh, I knew he wasn't going to be here. So um, I planned accordingly. Got a great show in store for you tonight. And with that being said, I'm sure you're wondering what I'm going to be talking about tonight. So, every so often, I'll do a non-paranormal topic like, I don't know, a pagan history of Christmas or some sort of unsolved mystery like Jack the Ripper and other stuff like that. So, a couple of years ago, I did just that and I devoted an entire episode of the show to... Um, talking about genetically modified organisms or GMOs. One of the things that I touched on was the Monsanto Corporation because, well, let's face it, you can't talk about GMOs without talking about Monsanto. And I received some positive feedback on that episode, and I've been wanting to do a kind of uh, follow-up to it ever since. So that's... What I'm going to do tonight, I'm devoting an entire episode to the evil that is the Monsanto Corporation. So strap yourselves in because this may run a little long. I've been doing an hour mostly for a while now, and this may run a little over an hour because I've got a lot that I want to talk about. But before I get into it. Let me tell you how you get in get in contact with me here at the show because you know there are several different ways that you can go about it. First of all, you can just send me an email. My email address is sandman at parareality.com or you can just go to parareality.com and find the little uh, contact form on the about me page and you can contact me there. You can also find Parareality Radio on Facebook by going to a Facebook search and just typing in Parareality Radio on Facebook. You can also follow me on Twitter. My username at Twitter is at Parareal Radio. That's at P-A-R-A-R-E-A-L-R-A-D-I-O. One word. Follow me there at Parareal Radio. And you can also... Call the studio line at 615-692-1170 and leave me a message. Just be aware that I may play your comment back on the show like I did last week. And uh, just by leaving me a message, that gives me permission to play your comment back on the show. If you don't want me to play your message on the show, you need to tell me when you leave the message. And you never know. I can also answer the phone as well because I'm now that I'm back doing the podcast on a bi-weekly schedule, 
I'm always in the studio, it seems like, working on the podcast, and you just may catch me in the studio. But I mainly have the uh, studio line just these days just for uh, people to call up and leave me messages. So uh, if you want to call, call that number, 615-692-1170. That number to call, once again, is area code 615, then dial 692-1170. All right, that does it for all the preliminary BS stuff. We want to t- talking about the evil of the Monsanto Corporation, and that's what I'm going to get into right here. You know, for thousands of years, farmers have saved seeds from one farming season to the next. But then here comes Monsanto, and they developed genetically modified, or GM for short, they, de- they developed genetically modified seeds that would resist its own herbicide, the glyphosate-based Roundup. And when, it, when Monsanto did that, it patented the seeds. Now, the United States Patent and Trademark Office, for well, just practically all of its history, actually refused to grant patents on seeds because they viewed seeds as life forms with too many variables to be patented. However, you go to 1980 and the U.S. Supreme Court allowed for seed patents in a very narrow decision. It was a five to four decision and this laid the groundwork for plenty of corporations to start gaining control of the global food supply. The patenting of seeds is only one of the different ways that Monsanto affects food, farming, and all of our future health. So they have seeds of profit and dominance. I'm breaking this down into sections. So section one here I'm calling seeds of profit and dominance. Over the past 20 years or so, a collection of five giant biotech corporations, Monsanto, uh, Sagenta, Bayer, Dow, and DuPont. They bought up more than 200 other companies, allowing these five corporations to dominate the access to seeds. And Monsanto, specifically, we're talking about here. Monsanto is your typical long-standing super corporation. The people that run it are incredibly intelligent. They're incredibly rich. And, well, Monsanto itself is also just incredibly fucked. One of their most notorious, notorious product creations was a chemical, and you've probably heard of this. It was a chemical by the name of Agent Orange, which was used in chemical warfare in the Vietnam War. It killed and disfigured what's estimated to be in the millions of Vietnamese people. And Monsanto has become the world leader in genetic engineering of seeds, winning a total of 674 biotechnology patents, which is more than any other company. If you're a farmer who buys its Roundup Ready seeds, 
you're required to sign an agreement promising not to save the seed produced after each harvest for replanting. You're also prohibited from selling the seed to other farmers. So in short, if you're a farmer and you're using Monsanto seeds every year, you plant your crop, you have to buy new seeds. Because saving seeds is considered patent infringement, anyone who does save the GM seeds must pay a license fee to resow them. This results in higher prices and reduced product options, as well as the increased need for pesticides and herbicides required by GM crops. And once again, GM genetically modified. Monsanto routinely sues farmers who have the opportunity to quote-unquote save seeds for use in future crops for breach contract. So if they save their seeds, Monsanto sues the farmers for breach of contract. That's right. Monsanto has a clause built right into their sales contracts that gives them the right to sue any farmer who reproduces food from the previous year's crops. Sustainability obviously isn't a big priority in Monsanto's business plan. But what you can say about them is that their their financial strategies are, are pretty smart. It's quite clever, right? You may be asking yourself why farmers would continue buying the seeds knowing that they can only use them once and risk being sued for doubling up on crop production. And the answer here is strictly based on finances. Monsanto, being as intelligent as they are, have completely dominated the seed market to the point where they control the price. If you want non-Monsanto GMO seeds, you're going to have to pay out of your ass to get them. Monsanto also has a hand in all the major subsidized foods in Canada and here in the United States. Stuff like corn and soy, stuff like that. Which means that if a farmer wants to break wants to if, if the farmer wants to break on the cost of his food production, he's probably not gonna get those savings on a Monsanto brand product. And again, Monsanto knows what's up, and they put themselves in a very dominant position in the agriculture of North America. So Phase two or part two of this, it focuses on Monsanto's tactics. They have been accused of having mafia-like tactics. So part two, mafia-like tactics from Monsanto. Given their current powers, Monsanto puts pressure on farmers, farmers, coops, uh, seed dealers, I said coops, co-ops, can't even read my own writing here. So let me back this up. Given their, given their current powers, Monsanto puts pressure on farmers, farmers co-ops, seed dealers, and anyone it suspects might have infringed its seed patents. And this is how it does it. It has a shadowy army of private investigators and agents who secretly photograph and videotape farmers, co-ops, and store owners. That's right. 
they have their own private investigation agency, their own seed investigators. It's crazy. Riding around in their cars, their little unmarked black cars with their freaking video cameras, high dollar, real expensive digital cameras with these telescoping lenses and stuff. And they're actually riding around, hiding in the bushes and shit, taking pictures and videos to make sure that these farmers are not reusing seeds. It's private investigators infiltrate community meetings and they gather news from informants about farming activities. So how do they get the the informants to give them the info? Well, they pay them, of course. Monsanto's a multi-billion dollar corporation, so they just pay them a little bit of money. And, you know, if you're a poor farmer, I guess, and struggling to make ends meet and you need to provide for your family, Monsanto says, hey, I'll give you $10,000 if you'll, you know, tell on your neighbor. Well, that's $10,000, man, sure. I can see where that w- people would do that. And a lot of time, these um, private investigators, these these seed agents, these seed investigators, they pretend to be surveyors. And as agents confront farmers on their own land and try to pressure them into signing papers that give Monsanto access to their private records. These Monsanto agents and investigators are called, they're actually called the seed police by the farmers, and they're said to employ Gestapo and Mafia-like tactics. Which leads me into chapter 3 of this, which are suicides, farmer suicides. Farmers are caught up in a in a lose-lose situation. They end up with a far more expensive crop that has the potential to fail more frequently than conventional crops and can be very dangerous to the animals and humans who consume them. According to uh, Philip Howard from Michigan University, uh, the increasing power of seed companies is incompatible with renewable agricultural practices And one solution to restricting their control would be through banning the practice of granting patents on seeds, plants, and genes. One very alarming sign here that the change is needed right now. Not tomorrow, not next week, not next year, but we need to have a change right now is the wave of farmer suicides in the country of India. The rate of farmer suicides in India has greatly increased since the BT cotton was introduced in 2002. This is a Monsanto breed of cotton, okay? A publication from the uh, New York University School of Law shows that in 2009, now we're talking 10 years ago, okay? Just 10 years ago, 17,638 farmers in India committed suicide, which translates to one farmer every 30 minutes and a great number of those affected are cash crop farmers cotton farmers in particular with that bt cotton that's a monsanto cotton that is an alarming number and that's just from 10 years ago and i don't have 
statistics past 2009. I'm sure they're out there. I just couldn't find them for the purpose of the show when I was doing research. There are a number of factors contributing to this rash of suicides, this grim reality, which has been dubbed the largest wave of recorded suicides in human history. The largest wave of recorded suicides in human history. That can be traced directly back, in my opinion, to Monsanto. So, here are some contributing factors. Number one, seeds are very expensive compared to, or excuse me, genetically engineered seeds, GE seeds, are very expensive compared to traditional seeds and have to be repurchased every planting season. So there's an additional cost. Number two, GE crops require much more water to grow. They have a much higher requirement for fertilizers and pesticides and provide no increased yield. Number three, the green revolution of the 1960s and 70s has funneled money towards the middle class and away from the farming and slash peasant classes. Number four, rising prices for things like seeds, fertilizers, pesticides, and other farm supplies, along with falling prices for farm commodities. These lead farmers to make out high interest loans from opportunistic money lenders, kind of like the housing boom from back from 10 years ago. Remember that? Number six, there's been a shift from polyculture farming, which is which means diverse crops, to monocultural farming, which is primarily cotton. And this has depleted the soil and increased pest infestation on crops. Next, you have limited water supplies, periodic droughts, decreased monsoon rainfall, and poor access to irrigation. And finally, you have a lack of government support, grossly inadequate government relief programs, and predatory salesmen. Monsanto has been ruthless in its aim to use India as a testing ground for GE crops, giving you a clear picture of what could happen for the small farmers of the world if GE seed conglomerates are allowed to continue. The consequences of GE technology on your food and wellness, aside from these existing agricultural problems, there are other issues with genetic engineering, including the contamination of organic crop varieties and the development of herbicide-resistant superweeds. Air and rain samples are contaminated with glyphosate, while waterways in agricultural areas are contaminated with a GE bug-killing protein. There are also human and animal health effects that we've yet to fully understand from all of this. There are no long-term safety studies on these GE crops that I can find. And biotech giants such as Monsanto, they impose strict regulations when it comes to studying and evaluating their GE crops, which are, by the way, protected under copyright and proprietary information laws thanks to the patents, right? 
Now, it should be known that regulatory assessments on GE crops only come from those corporations themselves. In other words, they police themselves. If you're an independent researcher aiming to conduct studies on GMOs, you're forbidden to use the very crops you want to study. Worst, your work is criticized as flawed and insubstantial. Now, this is an emergency-level situation, people. Given the mounting amount of research exposing the health repercussions of genetically modified foods, food allergies have dramatically increased with almost 5 million children today suffering from some sort of food allergy. And have you also heard of Morgellons disease? I've talked about it on this show. It's been a long time. Maybe it's time to revisit Morgellons disease again. Anyway, I'm sure you probably, if you listen to this show, you probably have heard of Morgellons disease and you're kind of vaguely familiar with it. So, um, as of February 2007, now this is a little old data here, and I'm sorry. As of February 2007, more than 10,000 reports came coming in from 15 nations across the world, including all 50 U.S. states. They showed had reports of this mysterious disease. There's a, a website called the Morgellon Foundation website, and this is where you can go and find all of these reports of Morgellons disease. Now, the year prior, there were only 2,000 reports. So it more than doubled in just one year. Individuals with Morgellons disease describe their condition as a feeling of like bugs or some sort of parasite crawling on their on their skin and like burrowing beneath their skin and they have open lesions that heal slowly and ooze out like blue, black, or white fibers. Uh, and these fibers appear very similar to pliable plastic. They can be as fine as like spider silk, yet are strong enough to distend your skin when pulled and cause shooting pains when you try to remove them. Morgellons disease have been linked to genetically engineered food. A research team from Oklahoma State University led by one Dr. Randy Wymore studied some of the fibers sent by uh, Morgellons patients and they discovered that the fibers from different individuals look strikingly similar to each other, yet they don't match any common environmental fibers. A professor of biochemistry and cell biology at Stony Brook University in New York by the name of Vitaly Chiklovsky found that the fibers contain agorobacterium, a genus of gram-negative bacteria capable of genetically transforming uh, plants and other uh, species, including human cells. So are we on the brink of the genetically engineered food disaster that we feared from the very start? That's my question. I, it, it certainly seems like it. Now, Monsanto 
is not only engaged in developing genetically modified organisms or GMOs, but unfortunately, it also has a deep entrenchment in the pharmaceutical industry. Uh, starting all the way back in April of 2000 is when uh, Monsanto partnered with uh, the Pharmacia Corporation and uh, basically started getting into pharmaceuticals. And that's scary to think that you've got this evil company that is, is, has all of these scare tactics and bullying that they're doing with farmers and not caring about the health and safety and well-being of not not only us as as the consumer, but they don't give a damn about the farmers. They don't care if the farmers you know live or die, uh, whether they make money or not. But now you have have them dipping you know their their toes in the the pharmaceutical industry. There are a few individuals connecting GMO crops with the sale of drugs, but both pose significant challenges to your future health, is what I'm trying to say here. All right, The pharmaceutical industry is well, it's among the primary driving forces for the traditional paradigm, which focuses on using you know, Band-Aids to treat symptoms and thus make you sicker and sicker. It requires more of its expensive self-serving drug solutions to address your symptoms. And you put GMOs and the overuse of drugs together, one's feeding the profits of the other, and you get a crisis here. This is a a cause for urgent concern as far as I'm concerned, the double use of the word concern. So now we move to Chapter 4 here, which is Monsanto is destroying the food system via their GMO crops. Virtually all the claims of benefits from GM crops, things like increased yields, more food production, controlled pests and weeds, uh, reductions in, in chemical use and agriculture, drought tolerance seed, stuff like that. Virtually all these things haven't materialized. The Global Citizens Report on the state of GMOs says this. Contrary to the claim of feeding the world, genetic engineering has not increased the yield of a single crop. Now this is the Global Citizens Report, globally. Herbicide-tolerant crops, or Roundup-ready crops, if you're a Monsanto person, were supposed to control weeds and BT crops and were, were intended to control pests. Instead of controlling weeds and pests, GE crops have led to the emergence of super weeds and super pests. Herbicide-resistance crops, such as Roundup-ready cotton, can create the risk of herbicide-resistant superweeds by transferring the herbicide resistance to the weeds. Now, despite claims that genetically modified organisms will lower the levels of chemicals, 
pesticides and herbicides. But that despite the claims that this will lower the levels of the chemicals used, actually quite the opposite has happened. With 1.6 billion pounds of glyphosate, which is the active ingredient in Roundup, being applied to American soil. And the number just keeps increasing year after year. Now this causes a lot of concern, both because of the negative impacts of these chemicals on the ecosystems and humans, and because there's the danger that increased chemical use will cause pests and weeds to develop resistance, requiring even more chemicals in order to manage these things. And Monsanto's been claiming that through genetic engineering, it can breed crops for drought tolerance and other climate-resilient traits. This is a false promise. Among the false claims made by Monsanto in the biotechnology industry is that GE foods are safe. However, there are enough independent studies to show that GE foods can cause severe health damage. Thanks to glyphosate, the active ingredient in Monsanto's non-selective broad-spectrum herbicide Roundup that sprayed on massive acreages of GM Roundup-ready soybeans, cotton, and corn grown in the United States each and every year, super weeds are growing at an alarming rate. It's estimated that more than 130 types of weeds spanning across 40 states here in the U.S. are now herbicide-resistant, and the super weeds are showing no signs of stopping. In fact, the situation is getting progressively worse. It's like every weed is suddenly turning into kudzu. And if you don't know what kudzu is, well, you are not from the South. Kudzu is a, it's basically a, a weed. It's a creeping vine type of weed that just about cannot be destroyed. And it's all over the southern United States. If you have never seen kudzu, you need to look it up. And it's spelled with a K. K-U-D-Z-U, I believe is how it's spelled. Kudzu. You need to look it up and look at how this creeping vine, it, it just, once it gets started, it just grows and grows and grows. And people back where I'm from, now I'm from the deep south. And when, when I was growing up, there was a lot of kudzu in my neck of the woods. And people would actually, when they got a kudzu infestation, they would actually go out and, and burn it. And because that was the only way that they thought that they could get rid of it. Because putting... Uh, pesticides and weed killer and all that crap on it didn't get rid of it so people would actually burn it and even that really didn't kill it the only real way that that i have ever known of that you could kill kudzu was basically you had to dig it up you had to find the roots of the damn thing and you had to dig it up and then you had to throw it in a literally throw it in a fire pit and burn the shit that's how invasive this this vine is and speaking of, of, of um, this genetically engineered or these GMO foods, I was I, I, I 
talked about uh, Monsanto saying that GE foods are safe. And I mentioned that there's independent studies that show that they can cause severe health damage. If you take an animal, and I, I mentioned this back when I did, uh, back in 2017, I believe it was in March. So it's been, wow, it's been two years ago that I did the show on uh, GMOs. But if you take a, uh, an animal and you have the same food, uh, whatever it is, uh, and uh, you take a horse and you have an apple and you have a naturally grown apple and you have a GMO apple and you offer both apples up to the horse. The horse, for some reason, is like the animals can smell that the GMO apple is not right and they will go for the organic apple every time. So animals can, I don't know if they sense it or they can smell it. They probably smell it or hell, it's probably both knowing animals, but they know that what you're offering them is genetically modified. And if they're given a choice to not to, to eat an organic piece of food over that, they will choose the organic food every time. So anyway, I kind of got off subject here a little bit. So let's get talking about this these weeds here. Extremely hardy Roundup resistant weeds are already boosting cost and cutting crop yields for U.S. farmers. And with world food stores already strained, diminished crop production, well, that's a serious problem, right? In addition, the creation of these super weeds is leading farmers to douse their fields with ever-increasing amounts of herbicides in like, you know, like some kind of a desperate attempt to stop the spread of these damn super weeds. Along with the environmental devastation, research published back in 2010 showed that glyphosate causes birth defects in frogs and chicken embryos at far lower levels than used in agricultural and garden applications. So in other words, it doesn't take a lot to, of this stuff to cause some deformities in some animals. And numerous animal studies suggest reproductive problems are a common side effect of glyphosate exposure anyway. And you add to that the consumption of genetically engineered Roundup-ready crops, and now you have more defects, and you have more reproductive problems. And now you have less animals because the deformed ones obviously don't live very long, right? Because when an animal has a deformed baby, they sense that it is weak and deformed and they pretty much abandon it, right? Or they can't reproduce at all. So now you're cutting down on the food short or you're cutting down on the food supply for us carnivores. So it's like a never ending vicious cycle. And quite shockingly, the amount of glyphosate residue you can be exposed to through food is remarkably high, and it's very close to the maximum residue limit legally allowed. According to GMO expert Jeffrey Smith, there's so much glyphosate in GM soybeans 
when they were introduced, Europe had to increase their allowable residue level by 200-fold. 200. That is crazy. I can't... So, instead of just saying, oh, we're not going to allow this in, there's like, oh, well, we'll we'll just increase our, our allowable limit. That just shows you how much power that Monsanto actually has. That is a... That's a crazy amount. I cannot believe that. All right. So what chapter am I on? Uh, okay. I believe I'm on chapter five here. <laughs> had to had to count for a second. So chapter five or part five of this. How can a company get away with all this? Well, as I've already established, Monsanto's a company that moves in well-strategized directions. They aren't likely to push a product or make any corporate moves that aren't already predetermined successes, right? A big part of their ability to ensure submissive attitudes from government organizations that could potentially shut them down is to hire influential government employees and pay them or get their current employees influential government jobs. This is called the revolving door and can be found between many corporate interest groups and governmental branches. If all else fails, legislation known as the Monsanto Protection Act has been passed in Congress. Yes, there is such a a bill called the Monsanto Protection Act. This was a bill that was very cleverly stuck between a bunch of funding projects that required approval in order to release funds to the government members. It essentially, what this thing does is it removes all liability of negative environmental and human repercussions that could come from the production and use of Monsanto products. Now, this sort of bill is essential for a company like Monsanto that performs all of their own safety testing and has never conducted extensive long-term studies related to the possible long-term side effects of their genetically engineered products. Bills like these are obviously music to Monsanto's ears, which spends millions of dollars lobbying the United States government at the federal level for favorable legislation, and supports the spread of their toxic products. And furthermore, once you realize just how many of Monsanto's employees have shifted into positions of power within the United States government, it suddenly becomes a lot easier to see how this biotech giant has managed to so successfully undermine common sense. Monsanto has all of their angles covered. And as much as you want to hate them, you got to kind of give them a little bit of respect for how incredibly intricate and progressive they are in this agricultural revolution that they have spawned. Unfortunately, it's primarily multinational corporations like Monsanto that have this type of clout and they use it to further their power, to further their wealth, gain more control, 
not only here in the United States, but throughout the entire world. For instance, um, Monsanto and other biotech companies have collaborated with the Gates Foundation via the Alliance for a Green Revolution in Africa, also known as AGRA. They have have collaborated with the Gates Foundation to inject genetically modified crops into Africa. And Monsanto's golden rice is being pushed in Asia as a way to alleviate vitamin A deficiency, which is common in developing countries where people don't have regular access to beta-carotene-rich foods like vegetables and, and, and fruits. But it doesn't take much digging beneath the surface to uncover the true motives of seeking to plant golden rice in the developing world. And they have a much they have much more to do with, with dollars and cents than it does with alleviating nutritional deficiency. In fact, there's a reason to believe that GM golden rice will do little to improve vitamin A levels in the poor and may actually make a make vitamin A deficiency worse instead of better. It would it had to be naive at this point to think that these collaborations are designed to solve any other problem than how to help Monsanto monopolize the world's food supply with its expensive genetically modified seeds that had to be purchased each and every year and require expensive and toxic chemical treatments. And after all, if you own the rights to the food you've grown everywhere, don't you really literally rule the world? But there is a little bit of hope in all this because what what really made me... Uh, decide that I wanted to do this show about Monsanto was I was watching late night television. Let me get a drink here. Oh yeah, that's good. So I was watching late night television. Couldn't sleep. And I saw this commercial. Everyone's seen it. Where the the law firm has their paid spokesperson to come on and Talk about, you know, have you been in an accident? If you have, you know, call us and we'll sue. You can get in on this class action lawsuit. Well, now there's a federal judge that has actually said that you can sue Monsanto. And uh, some um, groundskeeper for some school or golf course or something like that actually sued Monsanto and got millions of dollars. Well, so there's hope. So we may be right now beginning to see cracks in the armor of the mighty Monsanto Corporation. Maybe, just maybe, we can have enough legal action against them to hold them accountable for what all it is that they have done in the past and are continuing to do to this very day. Maybe we can force a change. You know, there is a huge movement for people to not eat genetically modified foods. Uh, people want to know what, what they are putting in their bodies these days. And there's a huge movement 
for things to be organic. Now, it's expensive to go organic, and it shouldn't be, but yet it is. But maybe, just maybe, we're beginning to see chinks in the armor, and we can force some sort of change in the way that that Monsanto operates, and we can finally have a a way to better control what we put in our bodies. It's it's hard right now to control what you put in your body. And by that, what what I mean by that is is if you don't have the financial resources to eat organic, then you're gonna have to, you're at the mercy of companies like Monsanto. Why do you think fast food restaurants are just popping up left and right all over the place? They're ch- it's cheap, man. It doesn't cost. Uh, you think that Happy Meal that you buy at McDonald's for five dollars? Do you really think it costs five dollars for them to put that together? Hell no, it doesn't cost five dollars for them to put that together. Fast food is cheap. And the stuff that they use to make it with, all the preservatives and chemicals and genetically modified shit that they make it with, is cheap. And they're making a profit off of it. So, this brings me to the last chapter here. Which is, what can we do about this shitty, shitty company? Well, I can start by telling you what you shouldn't do and you you need to stop blaming technology for a problem that corrupt companies like Monsanto abuse you not only take away from the actual issue but you lose the support and interest of the scientific community when you make it out as if they're the ones that are somehow responsible for the decisions and intents of a massive super corporation. Although there are a handful of scientists responsible for GMO tech abuse, the rest of the scientific community is a sensitive bunch of people. And if you blame science for the issue, you lose science's support of your concerns. And secondly, showing up to the front lines of street level protests can be You know, it can be a respectable first step, but without taking any real action on a personal level, it really could all be for nothing. A far more effective strategy to implement in addition to the march is taking direct action through your own personal consumer choice. Ensuring that you don't support Monsanto. Grow your own fruit and vegetable garden. Support local organic farmers and educate yourself on the sub companies and products that Monsanto creates or has a hand in. The less money that makes its way into their greedy pockets, the less power they have. Now it's nice to be around like-minded people and feel as though you're making a difference, but the fact of the matter is far too often the feeling of making a difference prevents people from actually taking steps that truly make the change occur. So know the facts, determine the root cause of the problems you're trying to solve, and start with yourself. 
All the rest of that stuff is just lip service. You can can take control. You can take control of your food and health. GE Foods have become so ubiquitous in the food chain. They're so prevalent in the country that if you just randomly pick a packaged item off the grocery store shelf, there's probably about a 75% chance of picking something with genetically engineered ingredients. Seven out of every 10 processed foods have been genetically engineered, which kind of goes back to what I was just saying just a few minutes ago, right? There are ways, though, for you to decrease your consumption of GM foods as much as you can. First off, you can reduce or eliminate processed foods in your diet. The fact that 75% of processed foods contain GE ingredients is already compelling enough for you to eat only a whole foods diet, as far as I'm concerned. Second, be a savvy reader of produce and food labels. Making up the largest portion of GE crops are conventionally raised soybeans and corn. Ingredients made from these foods include high fructose corn syrup, corn flour and meal, dextrin, starch, soy sauce, yeah, I love soy sauce, margarine, and tofu. Who would have thought that tofu would have genetically engineered stuff in it? My wife is a vegetarian. She loves tofu. As a matter of fact, she had tofu for dinner tonight. And I ate some of it. So the chances that we had some GE tofu is, well, 75%. That's that's a big percentage. Fourth is buy and consume organic produce. Certified organic foods by definition must be free from all genetically engineered organisms produced without artificial pesticides and fertilizers and come from an animal raised without the routine use of antibiotics, growth promoters, or other drugs. Grass-fed beef will not have been fed GE corn feed. He always wondered why. It says grass-fed beef, grass-fed beef on your 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 state label or, or in the restaurant. It's because they're telling you, without saying it, that this is not genetically engineered beef because it hasn't been fed genetically engineered corn. Finally, you can let your elected officials and health regulators know how you feel about GMOs. Ask your local supermarket to stock more natural, organic foods. Vote with your wallet, people. Avoid everything containing GE ingredients. This means you'll have to avoid practically all processed food products and stick to fresh, organic, locally grown food. This will allow you to rediscover basic food preparation in your own home. You'll do your health a favor 
by cooking from scratch and using only wholesome ingredients. Now, it's just like I said earlier, it's expensive. Okay, If you want to try to cut out genetically modified food from your diet, you're going to have to be willing to come off of your wallet a little bit more. You're also going to have to be willing to pay more attention to the labels on the foods that you eat. And you're probably going to have to learn how to cook. And that is a very lost art quickly becoming almost a thing in the past just about. Thank God that they have these meal-in-a-box food companies these days that deliver shit to you so you can cook by following the little simple instructions on the cards that they give you. Cooking, people, is not all that difficult. I know because I can do it. And I'm a pretty good damn cook. Just ask anyone that I've ever cooked for. Yes, I'm bragging on my cooking skills. I'm allowed to do it. It's my show. But cooking is quickly becoming a lost art, a thing of the past. So learn how to cook. And when you learn how to cook, <coughs> excuse me, when you learn how to cook, it will make you, just by learning how to cook alone, it will force you to be more in control of your own diet. And if you're going to be more in control of your own diet, that means you're going to be more in control of the things that you put in your body. All you have to do then is just read the labels, make a conscious effort, and you can drastically, if not completely, cut out on your GMO consumption. And that, my friends, does it for me getting off my soapbox about the evil of Monsanto. It's probably a little bit of a confusing show. I had so much information that I wanted to put in there and try to get it in an hour. And damn if I didn't do it. We're winding down the show. I got five minutes left. So with that being said, I want to say that I hope that you enjoyed tonight's show. Let me know what you thought about it by sending me an email. That's sandman at parareality.com, sandman at parareality.com. Or you can go to my website, look on the About page, and there you can just fill out the Contact Me form. Parareality.com, by the way, is where you can find out all kinds of information about the show. You can listen to current and past episodes. And if you click on the Extras tab, you can join the official Parareality Radio Forum. It's free to join. You can shop in the Parareality Radio store, and you can even watch some show videos and other stuff like that. Also, don't forget to follow Parareality Radio on Facebook. You can also listen to the show there as well, and you can find out more about what's going on in the world, kind of like behind the scenes of Parareality. I'm also on Twitter. My handle there is at Radio. Uh, that's where I'll be tweeting out announcements and like special guests and topics and all kind of little interesting articles and stuff. So be sure to follow me on Twitter at Parareal Radio. And you can now listen to Parareality Radio on your favorite podcast station. The show is available on Spreaker, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Player FM, and YouTube. 
All you got to do is just go to one of those websites or and uh, search for Parareality Radio. Now, I'm currently working on getting on iHeartRadio and iTunes. Uh, haven't completed those processes yet, but I am working on it. So for all of you uh, Apple people out there, I'm not. I'm, a, I'm an Android guy. But for all you people who, who have Apple devices, which there are millions of you, hopefully soon you'll be able to listen to me on iTunes. Also, if you have a, an Alexa device, you can listen there too. If you have any of the aforementioned podcast skills on your device, just say, Alexa, play the Parareality Radio podcast and you'll be listening to me on Alexa in no time. Everyone, that does it for tonight. My next show is going to be on Friday, April 5th, 2019 at 8 o'clock p.m. Central U.S. time. So make sure... You turn on, tune in, and find out. Everybody, I hope that this radio program opens up your mind to new ways of thinking, expands your consciousness, and produces a change in the way you see the world. If you wish to change, you must lift the veil of ignorance that has been cast over your eyes. Only then will you see the true power of the universe. By the way, if you want to listen to the first part of this podcast, if you want to listen to the one that I did two years ago on GMOs, just go to Spreaker and find Parareality Radio on Spreaker and you can listen to it. Um, I'll also be uh, posting a direct download link on my website where you can listen to the uh, GMOs as well. So I suggest you before, after you listen to this podcast, if you want to hear all about my GMO show, then you you should do that because it's, it's pretty informative as far as I'm concerned. So anyway, that about does it for tonight. I hope you have a wonderful evening and I will see you guys again in two weeks on April the 5th, eight o'clock central time. See you later, everybody. If you wish to change, you must first lift the veil of ignorance that has been cast over your eyes. Only then will you see the true power of the universe. <laughs>